Hey everyone, it's uh, Mark Salcedo here with The Real Appeal. I'm alongside my co-host. Kelsey Elizel. Um We just want to drop a note before the episode starts. Um, as you can see, we are reviewing Promising Young Woman and I Spit on Your Grave. Um, we do cover over uh, the topic of sexual assault and rape in this episode. Um, so this is kind of like a disclaimer um yeah and while we don't really go into like super graphic detail mm -hmm. um on anything you know like rape mm -hmm. um you know just the fact that we're touching upon the subject we figured we'd uh let you know yeah yeah so if, you know if you if you're listening or if you're listening or li or other people are listening around you that um you know, that's not comfortable with the situation or the topic that we're going to cover. You can just go ahead and just skip over this episode. You know, no hard feelings. We completely understand that everybody is willing to listen or to talk about this kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anything else you want to add, Kelsey? Are we good? Um, enjoy the episode. <laughs> enjoy the episode. Welcome to the Real Appeal Podcast. This is your host, Kelsey Loizel, and with me today. Hi. Hi. Ma Mark Salcedo. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. For some reason, I thought you were going to say, say something else. Well, you know, we have some a little bit of news to talk about real quick. Okay. We um, have decided to partner with somebody. Oh, you just want to announce it right now? Yeah, why not? We already talked about it on the weekend. We're still, you know, ah, you know, okay. it, it's a it's a done deal. We just gotta mm -hmm. get it out there. Yeah, just gotta do the whole thing, test it out, and everything. But please, um, our friend Judy from Your Entertainment Corner uh, has graciously decided that she would like to collaborate with us a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, she's been on our show before. And um, she would like us to put our podcast episodes on your entertainment corner. Uh, yeah. So this, um, we've we've been like a, a just a kind of just a solid podcast on our own and everything, and um, we thought it'd be best for us to like partner up with somebody, especially somebody that we have worked with before and that we do enjoy like seeing and talking to she's know. a cool person yeah judy's a blast um so yeah we decided to partner up with her and uh you'll be able to find uh you'll be able to find these episodes um still through the means that you're accustomed to like downloading on podbean apple stuff like that but we'll also be now on uh your entertainment corner um and the collaboration, I hope, is going to continue to grow because we had we had a nice phone call with Judy, and it it looks mm. like it's going to be like a, a damn good thing. Yeah, I'm excited about it. Um, aside from the podcast, I do enjoy writing every once in a while. Mm -hmm. um, so maybe one of these days I'll write for her, and you know maybe introduce myself as Kelsey Loizel, 
writer for your entertainment corner, <laughs> you know, but not yet, not yet. Yeah, but I, I believe in you. You got it. You could do it. I mean, you've been watching, <laughs> you've been watching enough movies to like actually like have a a valid solid. I mean, we've been doing this podcast for like what almost two years now. Mm. So you you obviously have like a solid opinion about something, and not and not sound like you're talking out of your ass. I could do that too, but no, don't do that. You're better than that. <laughs> you know, Jim Carrey can do it, but that's it. Ah. I'm gotcha. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I kind of agree with that. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, that's our uh, our announcement. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I know you just said you believe in me. Mm-hmm. But look, I just need you to know that even if I'm not talking out of my ass, mm. like all women shit, <laughs> and women are full of shit. <laughs> so. All of that stuff we just encompassed right now kind uh-huh. of goes along with that. <laughs> You're talking out my ass, you know. Oh you you saying you believe in me. I don't know why you believe in me. I am a woman after all, you know. Oh my god. Normally like Kelsey would have like a quote and this is the quote. And I'll like kinda see it or I'll see it before we start recording. I'm like, oh, that's a good one. Or oh yeah, I like that. I really wish I I really wish I looked at was like, don't do that. No. <laughs> 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 um you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at The Real Appeal. Two E's in real. Um, you can email us at therealappeal at gmail.com. Someone emailed us, and we'll be talking about that later. Mm-hmm. Um, we would like your reviews on iTunes so that we can be noticed. Mm-hmm. And our segments are the news. We have our recent review of Promising Young Woman. Uh, our variety time, um, someone emailed us, and mm-hmm. so we have a suggestion from a listener mm-hmm. um, that we're actually kind of excited to talk about, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think the cat's name is Nick. He, like, sent us this email, like, a while ago, and, like, we're just barely getting around to it. Um, it was like a, it was a suggestion of a movie that he wanted us to check out, and we're like, all right, yeah, well, We'll, we'll, maybe, we'll check it out. We'll check it out. And then we checked it out. And, whoo, shit. <laughs> we got stuff to say about that one. Yeah. Um, and then our geriatric cinematic of I Spit on Your Grave from 1978. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Mark, what's the topic? Men are trash. Yeah. Same, same, same statement from last week. Same statement for this week. Men are trash. <laughs> they ain't never going, hey, never going away. <laughs> it's funny how you say that. Because there's a part of me that feels like you know, but you don't get it. That men are trash? Mm-hmm. No, I know, and I get it. Really? Yeah, I know why men are trash. I get why men are trash. However, men are still trash. Okay. Because like, sometimes I feel like I could equate that to me knowing and understanding how much shit black people go through. But like, mm. I will never know because I'm not a black person. Ah, okay. You know what I mean? Mm. So when you say it, I'm like, but do you really know? (laughs) Do you? I mean, you know, watching Promising Young Women and I Spit on a Grave, Spit on Your Grave. I mean, I know those are like, those are fictional stories, but they come from some level of truth. So it's just like, yeah. That's because that's all I can think about watching both of these movies. I was like, oh, God, it's... Yeah. And, I, and I don't exclude myself from that. Like, I know I'm trash, but I'm not at the trash levels of, like, these guys are in these movies. You know, it just, you know, I was young. I was stupid. 
Mm-hmm. I didn't. Think, I didn't do anything that, like I said, these these men did. These yeah. trash as men did in, the, in these movies. But I still equate myself to like, look, I'm not perfect. I I still can't be trash. Yeah, it's okay. You're 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 high fashion. Trash. <laughs> no, I'm about to say like I'm about to say like I'm a high quality trash. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. So let's get started with our news segment. Um. Yeah, so reports are coming out that Christopher Nolan is unlikely to direct a, um, a movie for Warner Brothers. Uh, he's been partnered with Warner Brothers for years now. Um, so this kind, this is like just rumors and everything like that, but I don't doubt this will happen. Um, uh, the Wall Street Journal did a report on why Nolan might bounce. Um, he was very vocal about uh, tenant... Uh, with the possibility of Tenet being put on a streaming service. Um, and he's a theater guy. Like, he he wants his movies to come on theaters because they are spectacles. They are something that has to be seen on a big screen. Mm-hmm. Um, and then given that what happened with Warner Brothers, with them dropping everything on HBO Max, like day of, the day of release, theater, and HBO Max, that doesn't sit with him as well. Um so the article in the Wall Street Journal has said there's a part of it that said uh, as an expert it said uh, after spending years at as a top Warner Brothers uh, director Christopher Nolan who wrote and directed the last last year's ten is unlikely to return uh, to the studio with his next project in part because he was disappointed with the studio's hybrid distribution strategy of 2021 according to people familiar uh, with the matter. Um, yeah, I mean of course he's not the only one who has been vocal about their disdain of what or their discuss what warner brothers is doing james gunn has said this so as uh dennis villanelle um it's it's kind of interesting because let me see t- nolan has done uh, inception interstellar he did the three uh dark knight films he did tenet you know that's like warner brothers his partnership with warner brothers is like his thing they go hand in hand mm-hmm. um if this is true it's i would be very interested in see who he's going to go to and who can like work with him or his caliber of, of filmmaking. Oh, I'm sure there are people out there who can. Yeah, but it's just like a matter of like what what they can afford. Like Oh, cuz he they he would go to WB probably cuz they're willing to spend that much cash. Well, he's leaving he's leaving WB. I mean, yeah, that's why he went Before. With, Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, cuz Warner Bros is a big studio. So you have to think like, well, he can't really go to Paramount cuz Paramount's bleeding money. Uh, Fox is no no longer around, obviously. Mm-hmm. MGM's up for grabs. Yeah, MGM's going to be up for grabs soon. Um, so there's, I kind of think maybe Sony, because Sony has a lot of money, not just in their entertainment department, but in their uh, like electronic department, and mm-hmm. they could just merge that over. Um, maybe Disney, um, because Disney, I mean, Disney has Star Wars, they have Marvel, and they just got, uh, last year, they got Fox's library. Uh, not last year. Uh, I think like two years ago. Um, I would think that since Disney House has Fox and hasn't touched any of the stuff, that they might like have that section off to like, this is where artists want to work at. Mm-hmm. Like in, in our Fox department, because they have the money to do so. Yeah. And it kind of like brings these directors, these auteurs to come over and be like, hey, you, if you don't want to do, if you don't want to do a Marvel, Disney or Star Wars. There's some like Fox property you can touch. Yeah. So um, Amazon is probably a good one. Amazon has all the fucking money. <laughs> yeah, I, I would. I could see him moving more towards like 
not Disney, but maybe more like Amazon or mm. ne- maybe Netflix, but probably more likely Amazon or even Apple. I can see that because Apple pushes stuff to get released on uh, on the big screen. Netflix, not so much because their 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 main base is um, streaming. Mm-hmm. They don't really push anything anything in the theaters unless like they want it to go in like uh, award season. But they probably would look at him as being an award contender, and, you know. Yeah, but true. I just don't feel like his stuff is Netflix. Yeah, and of course, like if Netflix came to him and was like, "We'll give you all the money. You mm-hmm. can make whatever you want." However, it has to go streaming. He would just be like, no. Nah. Yeah, because <laughs> then, then that, why the hell did I leave WB then? <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like I said, Warren, this could be... I, 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 I can definitely see this happening. Um, uh, cause, but I can also see... So there's two. I think there's two different things. Obviously, there's two options. Like one, one either he stays or he doesn't stay. Right. I think if he does stay, Warner he'll be like, "I'll stay, but you can't say no to anything I want." Mm-hmm. Like you get like, and I'm sure they give him a lot of room to be like, "Oh yeah, you want to make Interstellar? Go ahead. You want to make Tenet? Go ahead. You know, you want to do this." Yeah. But I think this will be more like, yeah. And of course, with that, they're like, "Okay, you can do this, but pull back a little bit or." With stipulations and something like that. Mm-hmm. I'm sure if he stays with Warner Brothers, he'll just be like, give me whatever the fuck I want. Like, go get me James Bond. Because that's the one of the movies he's always wanted to do. Yeah. So, we'll have to wait and see, though. Yeah. Um, so, there are a bunch of release dates that are being reshuffled. Mm-hmm. Um, so, last night in Soho, Ghostbusters, Afterlife, um, Uncharted, Morbius... Things like that. Um, they are moving their their original dates. Um, Universal and Focus Features, they've already decided what they're reshuffling. Um, you know, there was a six-month delay of No Time to Die. Um, nobody... Those are going to be moved to April Jesus. of this year. Um Ambulance is set to come out uh, February 18th. Um, I guess Focus Features also announced um, Last Night in Soho is going to be released in October. Damn, that's six months from original date. Shit. I know. Um, Ghostbusters, I guess Sony pushed them back um, to November um, they were supposed to come out in July. Um, let's see. The long oh, Uncharted mm-hmm. will come out in February of next year. <laughs> Morbius, yeah. So it's like, yeah, Morbius is coming January of next year. <gasps> what? Oh my god! What? Remember what I've always said about January. About it being kind of like a shit month. That's the shit month. They're moving Morbius to January of of next year. Yeah, but it's not going to be a shit month. Yeah. I I don't see anything else reaching being <laughs> in January though. And anyways, that's gonna that's a toss up whether that's going to be a good one or not. Anyway, it, it's Sony. It's Sony it's, and it's Jared Leto, mm, and he was always amazing, and now he's kind of like yeah, he's letting his ego control. His, he's doing the Joaquin thing. <laughs> you know yeah. where he did that a bunch of weird shit for a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 that's true. Um, 
I, I didn't know Camila Cabello was going to be in a Cinderella movie. Who's Camila Cabello? She's a singer. Ah, uh, okay. Um, I, yeah, I guess she's going to be Cinderella, I would have to guess. Yeah. Um, that was going to come out in February. Now it's pushed back to July. Peter mm. Rabbit 2. That's um, moving from April to June. And um, I guess Disney is also starting to follow along that path, too. Um, the mm. Kingsman is moving from March to August. Bob's Burger movie. They're um, going to be. Oh, they're taking off the list. Off the release calendar entirely. Holy shit. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, yeah, I mean, this was kind of expected to happen. But we'll, look, we would prefer, I think, that news mm-hmm. over we're going to put all your shit on streaming and it's just going to fail. Because, mm. like, financially and make everything worse. Yeah, no, I mean, not everybody's taking the streaming route that HBO Max is doing. Um I did read. I did read something that uh, Black Widow got pushed back again, yeah. and of course, everybody's like, "Oh, just release it on streaming. Release it on streaming." I don't honestly that movie. I don't want that to get released on streaming, mm-hmm. like at all. That that's a Marvel movie. That I f- especially that's like um, it's not the first female led Marvel movie, but this is a, uh, the female led Marvel movie that people have been like asking for mm-hmm. for years, right? And I think I feel like she's gonna. That character is going to get like shafted if they put her on a streaming service. Yeah, that's what I saw somebody else online say. Like, hey, you know, I would rather wait for it than to have it now because, like, Marvel movies you have to see on mm. screen, mm. and like, I would, I want to know what her movie is like. If it fails, I want to see it fail the right way. <laughs> you <laughs> yeah. know, as opposed yeah, like, to give her a chance. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean this. This makes sense. I mean, unlike what H, what Warner Bros is doing, uh, with their stuff, it's just kind of like, all right. But last night in Soho, I'll wait for that because that's my boy Edgar Wright. Um, let me see. Morbius, do not give two shits about. I'm surprised that 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 movie, that Bob Odenkirk movie, nobody. Uh-huh. I'm surprised that's actually not being teased to go streaming because it's like a John Wick s movie. Mm-hmm. And I guess, um, I guess I think it's Universal or maybe Focus Feature. I guess they they have faith in it that like it's gonna do well. It is kind of strange too. Like I don't think anyone cares about Cinderella or Peter Rabbit too. Um, if I remember correctly, I think the first Peter Rabbit was like a fucking good, like a box office hit. Yeah, I wasn't watching that one. That that's the one that you thought it was Paddington, Pat Paddington Bear or some shit like that. Yeah, but yeah. I, I have no interest in it. It's just that same annoying, like, um, the, like, Romeo and Juliet. <laughs> yeah. Like, an, like there's this weird, annoying, like, algorithm sometimes that these animators use. Mm. And I don't like it. Why? Why do you hate Joy? Why do you hate kids' movies? Because they're kids' movies. Okay. I had, an argument no. with, I had an argument with Cadence yesterday because she uh-huh. was like, um, we were going to sit down and watch something. I didn't even ask her this time mm. because every time I ask her, she wants to watch like a baby show. She won't compromise. Mm. She says she hates everything. So I put on a crime show and me and Cameron will watch that. Mm. And Cadence is like, crime shows suck. And I'm like, yeah, well, I don't want to watch baby stuff and you don't want to compromise. So you get to miss out. Mm. She's like, oh, 
<laughs> so today I was like, what do you guys want to watch? And she immediately was like, Mandalorian. Because <laughs> she knows we'll watch that. <laughs> That's hilarious. You should be like, no, more crime shows. <laughs> well, yeah, and I laughed because I had to drag her into that show. She's like, oh, I do like this show. Or oh, The Mandalorian? Yeah, she was hell-bent against watching that. Yeah. I need to have my daughter, I need to drag her to watch that that show because she loves Baby Yoda, but she doesn't like... like Understand she like, where it comes from. Yeah, she like sees the character and like the dolls and like the like all that stuff. She's like, oh, it looks so cute. But I'm like, you should watch The Mandalorian. It's, it's Baby Yoda. She's like, yeah, like <sighs> you're breaking my heart. Child. I'm surprised you haven't made her watch that Mandalorian. Yeah, yeah, I probably make her. I I try to I try to sit her down and watch Avatar. She was like, no, it's boring. Cadence <sighs> loves that show. Yeah, no, whatever. Hair loss. <laughs> <laughs> it sounded like you said hair loss. <laughs> hair loss, which is what I'm going through. Yay. <laughs> All right, now we're going to do our recent review of Promising Young Woman. Good God almighty. You know, they put themselves in danger, girls like that. You'd think you'd learn by that age, right? Please let go. What are you doing? It's okay, you're safe. What are you doing? Hey, I said, what are you doing? Every week, I go to a club. I act like I'm too drunk to stand. And every week, a nice guy comes over to see if I'm okay. You okay? You are so pretty. I am a nice guy. Are you? I thought we had a connection. Okay. How old am I? What are my hobbies? What's my name? Sorry, maybe that one's too hard. Cassandra? We were in class together at Forest. You would have been a great doctor. What happened? I left under unusual circumstances. You remember what happened, right? Why I dropped out. I'm not the only one who didn't believe it. We get accusations like this all the time. Who needs brains? They never did a girl any good. I'm so sorry I didn't go with her. You gotta let it go. The synopsis is a young woman traumatized by a tragic event in her past seeks out vengeance against those who crossed her path. Written and directed by Emerald Fennell, it stars Adam Brody, Carrie Mulligan, Bo Burnham, and Allison Brie. Yes. I was, the first time I saw the trailer for this, mm. it had a really good indie feel, but the, the general topic of it made me unsure of if it was going to be a good film or if, um, or if it was just going to be a cheesy fucking female take on something. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was surprised. Mm-hmm. about my reaction to it. Like surprised in a good way or surprised in a bad way? A good way. Mm. Well, kind of a good way and a bad way. Like, oh, okay. You know, like in a good way because it turned out to be a good indie type film. Mm. Um, 
but in a bad way because all of a sudden I felt all these fucking things I wasn't planning on feeling when Damn, I watched it. Really? Okay. Yeah. Um, to the point where you had to like sit there and talk to me for a while, right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We <laughs> talked. We talked for like a good like maybe thirty minutes to an hour after this movie. After yeah. we finished watching it. Yeah. Um. So. I think we'll get into that a little bit later, but I think let's maybe talk about the use of colors for okay. one thing. Okay. Um, you pointed out there's a lot of pink. Yeah, there's a shit ton of pink that's display, and this is like no spoilers if you if you folks are worried about it. Yeah, there's a lot of use of like pink in this movie, um, either in the background or the foreground, or even kind of like a slight tint. There's mm-hmm. a slight pink to it. Yeah. Um, but I thought. Which I thought was, um, I thought it was interesting, but I didn't. I just thought it was inter- interesting, but unfortunately, I didn't have any inner, inner, any deeper thoughts about that. I did. Okay, so uh, what what, are, what were they? Um, so you brought it up, and you're like, "That's interesting," but then mm-hmm. I was like, "Well, I mean, this is kind of a feminist kind of movie." Mm-hmm. So I think you know, it's like taking back things that people will use in a negative way, mm-hmm. like like the n-word or like Mm. or bitch or whatever yeah pink is like another thing that's associated with women that has a bad connotation like like how so like like girls who like pink are automatically viewed as ditzy Ah, or Or like weak or something like like weak or too girly or whatever Mm -hmm. and they used pink in here and it wasn't it wasn't cheesy and it really did feel like the movie was taking the color back kind of like mm. yeah this is a woman uh a woman made film about women so why shouldn't we use pink mm-hmm. like i don't say weaponizing it but like owning it like how yeah how originally it intended exactly mm. um it, i think it was meant more as like um like empowering you know like mm-hmm. we're gonna use pink because this is a movie about women um and so i think that was that maybe their intention okay yeah i can definitely see that yeah i can definitely see that um what did you think of uh what did you think of the performance in this film is there anybody that stood out i feel like i might be knowing who you're gonna say but who like anybody come to mind um there are actually a few people. Mm. Um, I really did like Carrie Mulligan, and n- she was right for the part. But I like. I think the writing was the thing that stood out for her. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't really like her per se. My favorite girl from Ready or Not mm-hmm. could have played this role. Oh. um... Damn, we're always forgetting that girl's name. We keep bringing her up to. I know you're Samara talking about weaving. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I I fully I fully agree with you on that one. Um, I think she. Don't get me wrong. Like Karen Mulligan was. I think she was really good in this role. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Oscar winning actress and everything, and uh, she like kind of hit the mark with her character. But yeah, I do I do believe that Samara Weaving would have probably might have done a better job. She has like a level of sarcasm in some some of the characters that she plays that probably would have done well. Mm-hmm. Just that little added layer. Mm-hmm. 
um, because this character kind of came across that way. I think I tell you, I think the reason for Carrie Mulligan's role is because her phone, her role, uh, not her role. She's more. She has more of a stone face because there are a lot of parts in the, a lot of times in this movie where her character has to have no emotion at all, and not like in a creepy psycho kind of way, but like in a way of like, I'm gonna sit still and be quiet until you snap. Yeah. And I think Carrie Mulligan was able to carry that very. I mean, no pun intended. I uh, was able to carry that very well. Uh, Samara Weaving, you know, probably would have done, a, a, like I said, a good job as well, maybe even better. But whenever I think of her of a, of a stone, like stoic stone face, mm-hmm. I kind of think of like, oh, she might be psycho. And I think, I think, um, uh, what's the director's name for this? Um, Emerald. F- Fennel. Yeah, Fennel. I think she didn't want that. I think she just wanted a person who was like, straight lace all the time maybe more relatable too mm-hmm. yeah um i kind of liked her friend slash boss oh uh laverne cox i fucking love laverne cox I, I i i do every time i see laverne cox in anything i'm just like oh hell yeah i'm gonna enjoy this i like <laughs> her role is so good i like her role in this movie is so good um and she looked fine as fuck too always always um her boyfriend i think was ryan right yeah bo berman yeah he stood out for me yeah you've you've never seen anything by bo bo berman you've never seen the stand-up or anything i think you would really like a stand-up because the stand-up is actually pretty smart um but yeah he yeah i enjoyed his performance too Mm-hmm. Um, he had that good level of sarcasm that was able to go off of Carrie Mulligan and mm-hmm. not without like trying to like up uh, one upper or anything like that. Yeah, because she was like the straight laced and mm-hmm. he was the fun. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I think that really did kind of play really well. Yeah, it really played well to that nice guy <laughs> mentality. <laughs> um, but oh, but let's bring up the fact that first of all, we saw an article somewhere about someone saying how Carrie Mulligan was looked too old to play the role. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Carrie Mulligan did an interview um and she brought up an inter- she brought up a review. I can't remember the name of the site who did the review, but the reviewer had said that like Carrie Mulligan was unbelievable in this role because she didn't look the age. And Carrie Mulligan, I I believe she's like 35 right now. Mm-hmm. Um and she brought that up during the interview. She was like, that's, I mean, these are, these are her words. I'm just kind of like summarizing what she said, but she was pretty much like, that's taken away from the movie. And that's kind of fucked up for you to focus on that. Like, almost- which is like, it's funny because that's exactly why this film needed to be made. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Because men don't know how to shut up about their opinion about what women look like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, that being said, I, I did, Mm-hmm. She, why is she thirty five years old and playing a thirty year old woman? Why? Like I, I know mm-hmm. that's something that the film industry used to do, and I mm-hmm. feel like they've pretty much gotten away away from that. Mm-hmm. So there's really not any point in doing that. If you're gonna, you could age her up, her character up to mm-hmm. match her actual age, and just change the timeline a little bit. Like it didn't have to be you know that amount of time okay so she said this uh during an interview with people magazine um 
her quote was, uh, it felt like it was basically saying that I wasn't hot enough to pull off this kind of ruse. Um, that's when she, that's what she said about a review. Uh, it doesn't say where the review was from. Um, the reviewer also said, uh, call, they called her a bit of an odd choice for the lead role. Oh, see, I don't agree with that. Like mm-hmm. anytime she was dressed up, she looked hot. Mm. Um, I just, like, it's funny because she, I, my issue isn't that she didn't look hot because she did. Yeah. She could play hot and she could play girl next door. And she did both of those things very well in this film. Mm -hmm. My issue is why is she 35 years old playing a 30 year old? And that's not her fault. Oh, oh, so you think like they could have, they could have made the age more realistic. Yeah, like, okay. if you're going to put an older actress in the role, like, mm. there's a lot of, t- like, a lot could happen to your skin in those five years. Mm, okay. I'm experiencing that right now. <laughs> yeah. Like, I can't put makeup on my face the way I did two years ago. Mm. Um, the re- now, okay, I l- read a little bit more. The in- <laughs> Wow, I can't believe it came from them. Um, it came from a review from Variety. Ooh. I know, and Variety is like, I they're, mean, they're, they're not, not known for that. Yeah, they're not like top tier, like top, top tier and everything, but Variety is well known. So I was just like, wow, someone from Variety had the goal to say that. And so, and, the, and their editor was like, yeah, yeah, that's good. That's fine. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. Like, I, it did cross my mind too, because they bring up her age pretty quick. Like, mm-hmm. and I'm like, why though? She does not look 30. Yeah, I guess. So you. it did definitely kind of take me out of the bit. film and it mm-hmm. was there. So it's like, why did they do that? I don't know. Okay. Yeah. like, But it, they didn't have to put it like that because like. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense because like a lot of the characters, like we don't even know their age. We assume that like, I mean, it's, 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 plain, it's really there that like the events that happen, obviously, is like sometime after like college. Mm-hmm. So you can say, like, you know, you don't have to say 30. You can say 32, 33, 34, or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. whatever you may call it. So, yeah, that, I completely understand. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what else? Um, Sage, direct, any direction that kind of, like, there's there's nothing for me. Oh, I'm sorry. Let me let me add this. Um, um, so, and like, in my, my take on the performance and everything, uh, I will agree with you that Karen Mulligan was really great. And so was Bull Berman. Those are the ones that stood out the most for me. Um Laverne Cox uh, definitely brought a little bit of more comedy when it needed to be. Like she was on, she brought the light. Yeah, she brought a light because like some of the matter that comes out here is like very dark and like very. I mean, it gets it starts getting really dark into like that like uh, fourth and fifth act because mm-hmm. this, this movie doesn't follow like the typical like act one, two, and three structure. Like they literally have like act one, act two, act three, act four, act five. Yeah. Um, so when it gets into like Act 4 and Act 5, it gets pretty fucking dark. But, like, there are parts where Laverne Cox, like, before we got to that, it kind of, like, lightened the mood a bit and brought some of the comedy out that, like, I thought I thought was very helpful. And it didn't, like, take anything out. Because this is, like, a serious topic, um, if I remember correctly. I think it's under, like, let me see. IMDb has it under as crime, drama, and thriller. And I think Wikipedia has it as something else as well. Wikipedia has it as a dark comedy, which I can, I, a dark comedy thriller, which I think it more fits in that vein. Yeah. Um, let me see. I did enjoy Bullworm, like I said. Um, his character reveal, I was like, man. <laughs> I know. 
Well, well it's it, funny because they were kind of setting it up, and you're like, oh, this is going to be too good to be true. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so that was good. Um, there was somebody, what's the actress's name? There was an actress that showed up in this movie. Um, is it Connie Brennan? No, that's... There's a... Oh, Jennifer... Jennifer Coolidge. There you go. Jennifer Coolidge is known for doing, like, her... Known for doing comedy. Mm-hmm. Um, she's known for kind of playing the ditzy blonde girl or the or the one with, like, tacky furniture, which kind of has this in the movie Oh, as the well. one who plays her mom? Yeah, her mom. Her role was, like, dead serious. It was serious, but I, I did make that comment. I was like, every single movie she's in, <laughs> she has a pink or glittery or mm. whatever tacky-ass fucking living room. Yeah, she has a tacky living room, but like she didn't look tacky. Like her, her, she, like her, her appearance was a lot more toned down than what we normally see her in. Yeah, I think and, I think I remember her the most as like that in a Cinderella story too. Oh really? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so seeing her in this as a more serious role, I was like, oh okay, like I can I can totally picture being like another serious role, um, like in another like in something else. Yeah, which I, I was glad to like see her. From what I, I don't like, I said I'm not f- too familiar with her, a lot of her work, but I've known her, she's mainly known for comedy. So yeah. it was good to see her in something in a more serious role that actually did not require her to like have to like make something funny. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I kind of agree with that too. Mm. I like, and she didn't take anything away from anything either. So, because the type of role she was playing was more like just you know concerned mother or maybe like helicopter mother. Mm-hmm. Um, so she was good. Um, it was funny seeing Alison Brie in this movie. The reason why is because I, I love Alison Brie. She always, she, it, to me, she's like the girl next door. Um, and she always plays like these really kind of like good characters. Mm-hmm. But here I was just like, I had like a like slight hatred for her because of how, what she knew what was going on and how she like was playing it off. Like. Mm-hmm. You know, we were kids and kind of, kind of that kind of mentality. Yeah. Um, so, but she she has kind of done this same role in uh, Mad Men. Oh, um, okay. So, like seeing her, it was like cool seeing her. But they they probably could have put anybody else in that role. As well. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, I think we're dancing around the things we really want to talk about. So I think we should get into the spoiler section. Uh, yeah, so for those who have um, seen uh, Promising Young Woman, we're going to hop into the spoiler section. For those who have not seen it, um, we're going to give you guys a spoiler bumper. You can skip on over and get to the next segment. Um, what else? Yeah, there's a cat. Just look at the cat. <laughs> anyway, so here's your spoiler bumper right about now. I bumped the table that time. <laughs> you did. <laughs> like, <thunk. laughs> um, okay. So you already know what happened in this movie since mm. we're in the spoiler section. Mm. Um, I, 
I don't know why I have this bias. I'm sure I'm sure you could explain it in any, any number of ways. And I'm mm-hmm. not someone who likes to hold on to bias, but mm-hmm. it is definitely one that's been harder to shake for me. Okay. Then say I didn't grow up with, you know, black people. You know what I mean? Like, but I'm I'm still really open minded. Yeah. Like this one's harder for me. And even though I am a woman and the fact that I thought this film wasn't going to be very good because it was because of the subject matter Mm -hmm. and the way I knew they wanted to take it. Mm -hmm. Um, Obviously I couldn't know how it was going to end, but I honestly couldn't, I was a little closed minded at first. Yeah. Because like I, I, I understand where you're coming from because I, I actually had that same train of thought too because, you know, this movie covers, you know, essentially uh, someone, a woman being sexually assaulted, you know, who's being, a woman who's being raped. You know, it's not sugarcoated. So some of these, some of these movies, these Hollywood movies, like they come off as like in a way that you kind of expect it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Like you can kind of almost predict what's going to happen like up until the ending. Um, but this one, it doesn't do that at all. No. I mean, there, there are, there are certain parts w- where like, there's like a little twinge of like, oh, I've kind of seen that before. I've kind of seen that before, but like, it doesn't, it doesn't hit you over the head with so many tropes or anything or any tropes at all. Um, except for the pink, <laughs> except for the pink, but see, but, <laughs> but see, it's not tacky at yeah, all. Yeah. And it's used in a way to, like you said, to like, to take it back, to like reinforce, not to reinforce, but to kill that stereotype of like ditzy blonde stupid and someone to easily be taken advantage of mm-hmm. um like one thing i honestly thought they they did do that or they, they were gonna do and I was, I was actually surprised they didn't was carrie mulligan's character you know she plays she pretends that she's drunk at these clubs and then these guys take her to like take advantage of her and of course she's not drunk she like you know and there's like this shocking moment right mm-hmm. i honestly think i honestly thought that it was going to be revealed that, like, she's killing these men. Yeah. And I'm actually glad they didn't. Because that's a... I mean, not that, like, oh, they didn't serve to die. Um, but they didn't. And I thought that was actually way more effective. Because instead of her just being seen as a straight-up villain or a reason to hate her, mm-hmm. they were just like, no, she just, like, put them on blast. And now they are, like, mentally fucked up. Right. And that was like her goal, and she knows she can never be reported or anything. She can just keep doing this like nonstop. You know, when she opens up that notebook and you see all those um, check marks and everything of all the men that she like did this to, mm-hmm. it is it is. I felt more effective because she's doing more damage than simply like just murdering. It. It's like the difference between giving someone a life sentence without the possibility of parole mm-hmm. or the death penalty. Exactly, exactly. So I thought, so yeah, so I'm with you there because I thought they were gonna do like that. Like, I, honestly, I think if a guy directed this, it would have went that route. Yeah. The fact that a woman had directed and wrote this, and you can tell she has a lot of power because um, uh, Emerald uh, Fennell, Fennell, right? Fennell. Fennell. Emerald Fennell, she's a huge showrunner. Like, she, she's one of the showrunners behind Killing Eve. You oh, know? wow. Yeah, so the fact that, like, I bet you anything, she, she took that power and was just like, I'm going to use it to, like, make a story that I want to make. Right. Not compromise in a typical Hollywood fashion trope or whatever. Right. You know, which is great. Um, I was definitely surprised by the ending. I was too. Yeah. Um it it was like 
not a super easy watch, but it wasn't real hard either. Mm-hmm. Um, up until she saw the video. Oh, Margot Robbie's one of the producers as well. Oh, that's cool. Mm, okay, I can see. All right, all right, go on. Sorry. Um, yeah. So up until she saw the video of her friend, mm-hmm. you get a sense that she's lost and like she might be trying to turn her life around. Mm-hmm. Um. And so you can kind of like stay with it. Mm-hmm. But then when she devises that plan and mm-hmm. like you get a sense that she's like setting them up, right? Mm-hmm. I didn't know that she had planned that she would die. Yeah, I think that was just like her backup plan. Maybe, but mm-hmm. like I actually I took it more as. Oh, she expected to die? She wanted to martyr herself. Mm, okay. And it's funny because when you think of people who martyr themselves, you think like, okay, well, you're a piece of shit then anyway because you don't have to martyr yourself. Yeah, yeah. I think I think that's where it started to get me emotionally, like really mm. make me pay attention mm-hmm. because that like women really do kind of think like that. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the, the reasons why I kind of got really emotional when I didn't expect to after we were done watching the film is, mm. um, like, I don't know if it happens and I'm sure it really does to a lot of other women. But for me, I really have a, an issue with my own self-worth mm. and sometimes I really feel like the only things I'm good for are like helping other people or raising my kids or whatever like not Mm. really adding anything and nobody is really adding anything to me either Mm. um and i've been through a lot of shit too so like um there's always a part of me that's like you know if if i was gone Mm. nobody would take notice like she was gone and she made people take notice i mean not only that she she wanted not only people to make sure she they take notice of her, but they took that they take notice of their friend. Of her uh, friend Nina. Of her friend Nina. Because this is this got the whole ball rolling because of what happened to Nina. And she also like it I got a sense like she wanted to get over it and then it, and it's that thing too where life will put so many obstacles in your way that you mm. kind of get to a point where you can't dig yourself out of that hole anymore. Yeah. And I felt like she kind of got to that point where she was just like, I thought I could do better and then mm. This person, you know, like her boyfriend, mm. turned out to be a be to be a piece of shit too. Yeah, who's at that party? Yeah, and um, she's just like, I can't, I can't give it another go. Yeah, I just can't. So why don't I join my friend mm. and expose everybody? That would be the, yeah. the best use of my life. Yeah, like you got a sense that like she, like you said, she was willing to let everything. It eventually let everything go because she felt like she had taken as far as she could. Um, and then she saw that video, which seriously, I mean, the direction of this movie is like fucking great. It's like it does this thing where it it does this thing where it lets the audience think of what is happening for you're, themselves. You're lulled into a sense of security. Well, yeah, I mean, not only that, but like, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a huge fan of like directors who do, who, who actually don't show, 
like it kind of gives you it's like they'll oh like they didn't show you the video yeah they didn't show you the video they just gave you the audio so your mind just went wild because you know you can't you can never compete with anybody's imagination like whatsoever mm-hmm. so when i so when the audio of that party is playing i'm picturing the worst the sudden i'm picturing everything because my brain's just going there mm-hmm. and i think it's way more effective than than having to show what actually happened because you don't need to see that you can already you can something happened she was violated we don't know to what extreme and then we hear it and we're just like oh and right there like when we when um uh cassandra uh carrie mulligan's character sees the video and you can just see the horror in her face like everything like yeah that was a great moment too because she like she definitely is an actress worth her salt. Yeah, exactly. And like you hear it, you see her face, and you're just like, you know what? Whatever she does, fucking with it, one hundred percent. And mm-hmm. there's like no dialogue. There's no need to show that scene, that the, the 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 rape scene. I guess is like I don't whatever. I mean the rape scene. Um, so you're just like, yeah, like have her have at it, Hoss. Go go fuck up them boys and shit like that. Mm-hmm. Um. I honestly thought that, and I'm like I said, I'm so glad they didn't do this. I honestly thought that she was going to come back alive at the last second and like get her revenge. That's what I thought too, right? He had that pillow over her face. So I'm like, <laughs> she has a plan for this. I know she has a plan for this. Yeah. And like, like she's going to come back. And then she didn't. And then she still didn't. And she still didn't. I'm like, yeah. Fuck. That's, I, it hit me harder then too. Yeah. Then like a straight jump cut to the next day. Like you can tell, you can tell uh, Fennel was like, Let's just keep that camera going. We have to keep it on. Like, so there could be no, no, no doubt that she died. Mm-hmm. And there's a reason for like, why we're going to do this. Yeah. Um. So like that whole thing happening where like, uh, what the hell was that dude's name? The piece of shit individual. Uh, Madison Stanley. I'm trying to remember who the guy's name is. The one that she was coming after. Was it Joe? Yeah, it was Joe. No, Joe was the friend. Um, oh, I can't. S- I had his name somewhere. The Vercox person. Oh, it was Al- um, uh, Alex. Oh yeah, the Alex. Al. Yeah, Al. Um, yeah, him getting caught and all that kind of shit and all that shit exposed, being exposed. I thought that was fucking great. Mm-hmm. Um, there was even. I even have to applaud how. <clears throat> excuse me. How. Um, her character was with Alison Brie, uh, Alison Brie's character, mm-hmm. and they were like drinking, 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 and then how like uh, Cassandra leaves, and um, Madison still Alison Brie's character, Madison still there, she's drunk, and how that guy like they had that conversation where she was just like you know stuff like that happens, you know you drink too much and blah 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 right. Yeah. Like you you know, what do you expect to happen? You get drunk, you know? Like Cassandra yeah. like Cassandra knew she was gonna pull that off. Right. Like she was gonna say that shit. And how she had that guy waiting, she was like, Oh, she gave the key to the guy and she's like, Go to this room, blah, 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 stuff like that. Yeah. But she never had like anybody be violated or like brutally beaten. Right. Or anything like that. She let she let their mind think something happened to them. And sometimes that's sometimes that's the worst yeah because that's not that's no confirmation like if you're if you get your if you get violated you know you have confirmation you know by whatever you know but let's say if it's like maybe you're violated it's not it's that thing will always be constantly on your mind Mm -hmm. i mean even if you're violated but like in the sense of what happened to her you know like uh uh karma there you go 
it could have been like a sense of karma she was feeling. Right. You know, um, but the fact that Cassandra never even took it that far. She was like, no, I just want to fuck with them. Right. Like, clear fucking. Now, that's I, that's why I was just like, the right's fucking Right, brilliant. but what do you think, what do you think she had planned for the attorney? The attorney? Okay, I, I honestly, I don't know. Because that guy who showed up was shady. That guy who was waiting was shady as shit. So, she might have just like, maybe we'll just have the guy just beat the shit out of him. I don't know. Like, that's the thing we don't know. So we just have to let our mind go off. Just like the writing kind of does. It lets your mind just kind of wonder, like, it could have been so much worse. Yeah. But then the fact that she was like, no, leave him alone. Yeah, and she was like, I forgive you. Because he... He clearly needed help. Mm-hmm. And I think she kind of... She just wanted everyone to finally understand mm-hmm. their role. And I think he did. Yeah. And she was just like, that's all I want. Like, I forgive you. You get it. Yeah, even like the stuff, remember we're talking about like that particular scene, how you can tell uh, Afro Maloney's character is like obviously distraught. Like he says, like, I haven't suffered days. You can see like the dead plants around him and stuff like that. He's like, I don't take showers. I know, right? (laughs) And I like the fact that she like used that to her advantage. She was like, oh, if you want to like rectify for your sins, if I if you don't hear from me, you need to do this now. Yeah. And then like that, that whole thing worked out. Yeah. I was like, yes. Yes, they're all going to jail. They're all going to jail. <laughs> yeah. Um, I I really like this movie. I know. Oh, shit. Like, I didn't even know, like, admit that even to myself, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. when I watched it. Because I think I was so mad at it for making me feel things. Mm-hmm. That I, I, like, it took me till right now to, like, Oh, yeah, I actually really like the movie. That's how I am about certain movies. I, like, I'll hate it because I'll hate it because I like it so much that I'll look at it and be like, fuck, I wish I came up with that idea or fuck, I wish I wrote that or something like that. Yeah, no, this one just, like, at first I was like, I hate it because I don't need a movie to tell me how I feel. Mm-hmm. But also it is kind of nice to have a movie out there telling everyone else how you feel oh yeah absolutely yeah i mean even even and i just wonder how many people are actually understanding like i don't yeah. think a lot of people who don't understand anxiety or depression or trauma mm-hmm. they're not gonna get this movie and that sucks oh well i mean that's the thing there are people who won't understand it who will just be like oh that girl's a total bitch or whatever you know mm-hmm. and it that kind of that tells you right there that what that person is how that person is you know it's like when politicians are like um picking apart like uh certain candidates like or other politicians words and saying like they're talking about like white supremacists or stuff like that you know like white supremacists or like the plight on america and all that kind of stuff right yeah. and they're complaining about that and they're just like well if it's bothering you then you obviously know what the fuck the issue is and it's you mm-hmm. you know was it uh thou protest too much or some shit like uh, that yeah thou doth protest too much yeah 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 um so I mean, that's 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 the beauty of like what I see in film. It like it, not that it tells you how to feel, but it opens up something in mm-hmm. you that like that's something that's always been there, but you were just it, you just saw something to express it that you're like, oh, I totally relate to that now. Yeah, and that's what like oh that's what gives you that extra feeling, you know. And it's funny too because I've been living in such a bubble mm. I, that I don't experience m- much of that anymore. Mm. I don't, but honestly, I don't feel like a woman most of the time anyways. I just feel like a person living day to day. Oh, you're a woman. 
I'm, you're a woman. I'm looking. You're definitely a woman. You you popped out two kids. Ah, gotcha. <laughs> um, but yeah. So for me, this movie was really important. So you're. I think you liked it. No, <laughs> yeah, I, I, um, yeah, I, I, I enjoyed this movie a fuck ton. Like, I think when my kids get old enough to understand it, I would show it to them. Oh, I would definitely show it to my daughter when she gets a little bit older, just to be like, just to be aware, men are trash, <laughs> and uh, here, yeah. here, here's a possibility of what could happen. Like, I wouldn't show it to them now, and it's oh, yeah. not because I think anything is that awful, mm-hmm. but, like, in the film, but it, they, I, I want them to understand it the first time they see it. Oh, yeah. I honestly kind of think my 10-year-old would get it. <laughs> she gets things. Like, you'd be surprised. Yeah, but she, she, she shouldn't... I'm not saying I'm going to show it <laughs> I know, to you're going to show her, like, the next day or something. Like, my but God, my, woman. <laughs> my 13-year-old would be like, why'd she do this? Why'd she do that? Oh, God. <sighs> Yeah. I mean, well, like like you said earlier, I mean, sometimes I mean, some people just won't get it, <laughs> or you know, they complain about it. Well, you know? I've been watching lots of crime shows, and they kind of understand what's out there. So mm. she loves crime shows. She just doesn't understand motives. Who? Uh, Cadence. Cameron. Oh, Cameron. Maybe she's just being. Maybe she's just blinding herself or whatever. She's just ignoring it. Maybe. It, like you have to lead her to water. Mm. <laughs> like she. But you can't she, make her drink it. She can't like. <laughs> connect dots oh gotcha um yeah is there is there anything else oh, i feel like there's something else i want to talk about in the movie let me see if we talk about there's the one scene i think we should talk about when they're in the pharmacy oh that's, okay you know what that's like the only thing that was really like taking me out of the movie was that pharmacy scene because it was like it was a little too ridiculous i i think that po- there was a point it didn't take mm-hmm. me out of the movie because mm-hmm. i kind of figured like you thought it was a dream sequence. Yeah, yeah. I, I wasn't quite there on that, but I was like, for me, it felt like, okay, they're falling in love. This is too good to be true. Mm. Like, that was the moment where I felt like they're so happy. This is going to end badly. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I didn't, I obviously, I didn't, I didn't see it like that. I was just like, this can't be happening. This is, nah, this is not real. <laughs> <laughs> and then there was that guy who was staring at them, and you're like, he looks like me. Oh, <laughs> normally it's somebody else who like point that out, but I was just like, the guy looks like me. <laughs> um, so apparently, uh, the title from this movie is actually a reference to Brock Turner, the Stanford uh, University student who was convicted of sexual assault in 2016, because um, he was constantly referred as a promising young man. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, the, the I'm not uh, so the sound. There's one thing I want to mention about like the. Uh, the soundtrack's not that memorable. I will admit that. However, that that version of Toxic by oh, Britney Spears. I do like that. <laughs> that can play in my head all day today. <laughs> that's all I can hear. But that's like that was like a legit like dope ass version of that song. Like I always like when people take like pop songs and like twist it uh-huh. and make it like either creepy or like very poetic. Like I love. Um, uh, like, uh, like in um, Us, I think it was. Oh yeah, Us. Oh Us. Yeah, uh, I got five on it and shit yeah. like that. Um, uh, us, uh, Candyman, Say My Name, Say My Name, or even like David Fincher's uh, uh, Social Network for the trailer mm-hmm. for Creep. And it's like that, oh, yeah. that choir kind of shit. Um, there was something I read I thought was like so fucking funny. Um, 
Let me see. Okay, so scoring the lead. Okay, so what happened was that um, uh, Emerald Fennel had gave uh, Carrie, Mulligan a, Carrie Mulligan a playlist to kind of have her get in the mood of the movie, right? Right. Um, and she noticed that Toxic was on there twice <laughs> on her playlist, okay? So come to find out, Fennel is like a self-declared like massive fan of Britney Spears. Okay. So that's one of the reasons. And... Um, she said, uh, at, the, at the same time, she wanted to rebel against a dismissive notion that female pop culture is guilty pleasure and therefore made it an uh, integral part of the audiovisual side of the film. This is from IMDb, but like, that's a little bit of like trivia about the movie that I thought was very interesting. I kind of wonder, speaking of Britney Spears, there's a song that she has called Womanizer. I, I wonder if she put that on there because re- I'm really bad at remembering songs. But that would have been perfect on there too. Hmm. I probably have heard that song. I just it's not coming to me right now. There's a song called Womanizer, 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 <laughs> Womanizer, Womanizer. Oh my going. god! <laughs> you, you, ah. Womanizer, Womanizer, Womanizer. Okay. Is there anything else you want to add? Yeah. What? Womanizer. Oh my God! Stop it. <laughs> no, that's it. Okay. All right. What do we got up next? Um. Next, we are going to do our variety time. So this uh, segment that we're doing mm-hmm. that we're so excited about. Mm-hmm. All right. We got this email. Yeah. From this guy named Nick. Um, and, like, he suggested a movie to us, and we had every intention of watching it, and we just kind of fell through the cracks. We got busy. Mm. Also, sometimes people suggest things, and you kind of take it with a grain of salt. Yeah, you know? yeah. We might be like, yeah, I don't know. Right. Maybe. But, you know, of course, we're always like, hey, we have an open door. Like, yeah. Like, we should give it a chance because... We always say that that's what we want to do, so we should. Mm. So, I watched it. Well, first, let me let me read what he said. You mm. want me to read the whole thing? Um, it would only take about like a minute. Yeah, let's go ahead. It says, hi guys, my name's Nick, and a while back I stumbled across a movie I had never heard of. It completely blew me away, and so ever since, I've been desperately trying to convince everyone across movie fandom to give it a shot and hopefully drag it out of complete obscurity. The movie's called The Beast of War, also known as The Beast, from 1988, directed by Kevin Reynolds, starring George DeZunza, mm-hmm. um, Jason Patrick, and Stephen Bauer. Um, also, um, Stephen Baldwin. Stephen Baldwin's in yeah. it. Mm. Um, it was only released on two screens across the whole of the United States by Columbia Pictures. And I kid you not when I say this is the best Hollywood film you've ever that you've never heard of. Quentin Tarantino's old writing partner, Roger Avery, has it down as the best movie of 1988 on Letterboxd, and he also has it down as one of his 20 Desert Island films, with Apocalypse Now being the only other war film. The film has a rating of 7.3 on IMDb, 3.5 on Letterboxd, but not a single critic's review on Rotten Tomatoes. But it does have an audience score of 84%. I'm starting to get more and more podcasts to check it out and review it. 
I think it would be great if companies like Criterion or Shout Factory, etc. could get their hands on it and give it the exposure it clearly needs. Please seek this film out. It's available on DVD and streaming, so it won't be difficult to track down. And if you do see it, let me know if you agree with me that this might be one of the 10 best American movies of the 1980s. One way or another, we need to find a way to raise this movie's profile and prevent it from continual obscurity once and for all. Just check out the trailer. Okay. So this movie is streaming on Amazon Prime. And like I said, like Kelsey said, it does stars. Uh, Jason Patrick, you know, Stephen Baldwin is in it. It is, I have never heard of this film before he sent this letter. Mm-hmm. Never heard of it. We, I remember we saw the trailer where it was just like, okay, that looks kind of interesting. You know, yeah. whatever. Um, so here's a here's like a little quick synopsis. Uh, a Soviet tank and his warring uh, crew become separated from the patrol and lost in the Afghan Valley with a group of vengeance-seeking rebels on their tracks. Um. All right. So I watched it first. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, you, you, you go ahead and leave this because you were. Yeah, you go ahead and leave this. <laughs> I watched it because mm. we decided we can't watch this one together like we usually do because mm. um, we have two other films and you were busy. So, like, whatever. Yeah. So I was like, all right, let me watch this right now. And I watched <clears> it. And at first I was like, this is kind of like almost a hard watch in the beginning because it's kind of emotional what's yeah. going on and there's so much action going on mm-hmm. wait hold on do we want to do we want to spoil anything of this movie or we want to kind of give like a general idea of it just a general idea yeah yeah we don't want to yeah so we're not gonna i'm not gonna spoil it yeah so don't worry we're not gonna spoil it like but we like i said we highly 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 recommend you check this movie out yeah um and i watched this film and i was like holy shit i think this guy is right uh- <laughs> and i started texting you i'm like hey Mm. did you watch this movie yet and you're like no i haven't had a chance to Mm. why is it bad and i was expecting you to be like yeah it's real bad i'm like no it's actually kind of (laughs) good like it's really good Uh and you're like really i'm like it is not your typical war story like you think of the 80s you think of yeah america badass blah blah blah. Mm. this is not a movie about america at all it, the most American thing about it is that the the Russian um, soldiers or whatever mm. speak American. Yeah. They speak English and they sound American, but they're they're they tell you in the beginning that they're Russian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like it's like the Russian conflict in 1981 between. Uh, oh, sorry, the Russian invasion uh, of Afghanistan 1981. Right. Um, so yeah, there are American actors and. Uh, and on the Russian side, there are sorry American actors playing Russian, and on that side, they're speaking uh, complete English. English. Yeah, mm-hmm. complete English. However, with the Afghan like rebels, they're speaking in their native tongue. Mm-hmm. So there's a considerable amount of subtitles. Um, yeah. So I I kind of felt like the thing that was going through my mind when I was talking to you about mm-hmm. it was like this is not your typical like American war story. Yeah. Um. American produce war story. And especially at that time with tensions running so high, mm-hmm. for them to humanize, and I don't feel like I'm giving anything away mm. by saying that, but for them to humanize anybody on either side, yeah. really, is like amazing. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, And so I was like, holy shit. <laughs> and I was like, please watch this right now. And I was, I thought you were going to watch it that night. Oh, I did. I 
You I, didn't. I, well, I didn't watch it that night, but I watched it hours later. Ah. Uh. Which it was, it was the next day. So it <laughs> still kind of counts. <laughs> so then you watched it. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, here's the thing. Like, like I'm critical of film, but Kelsey, she's... I've, I, you're more, I think you're a bit more hypercritical on shit because you'll just be like, yeah, that movie sucks. And you're just like, here's why, here's why, here's why, here's why, you know? Mm-hmm. So the fact that you said this movie was good, and I know sometimes like you have to watch the movie with somebody to kind of like bounce off and kind of get a feel mm-hmm. of it and everything. The fact that you watch this by yourself and you're like, no, this movie's good. That's, that put me in a shock. I was like, <laughs> oh shit, I gotta check this out. And so I watched this movie and at the end, I was like... At what? 6.30 in the morning? I couldn't sleep. I, I couldn't <laughs> sleep. Okay. I just think it's funny. You got to set the backdrop. Mark watched this war movie at 6.30 no, in the no, morning. No, 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 no. I watched it at like... I watched it at 3.30 in the morning. Oh, okay. Because I, I couldn't sleep. I slept for a few hours and I woke up and I was like, I can't go to sleep. So let me go and watch this movie. Holy shit, this movie's fucking good. Like at the end, I was like, holy shit. What did I just watch? I don't understand why people are not talking about this movie. Mm-hmm. You know? Because it's like, like from the jump, like the acting is fucking phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Right? The movie is rated R and is not shy away from the horrors of like, horrors of war. Like there are several like really brutal scenes, right? Mm-hmm. But it, like it's like Kelsey said, they like humanize some of the characters to the point where you're just like, Oh, I totally feel for this guy. I totally feel for what they're doing and everything. Mm-hmm. Now, I will, I will admit, it does sprinkle a little bit of like, um, like Dancing with Wolves or phone, phone, um, Dancing with Wolves, Fern Gully, and uh, Avatar. Um, not the last Airbender, but like the sh- the movie Avatar with James yeah. Cameron, where it's like, oh, here's like a white man kind of going on the other side to help the other side like win against like the white people and stuff. So there is a little bit of that mentality, mm-hmm. but it doesn't like crack you over the head with it i think i think they had to do that because you're gonna put yourself in that character's shoes yeah. mm. so you have to be able to relate to that character to understand yeah like his struggles on. and stuff yeah. like that yeah so um and, and and if he could be civil with those people then mm. you can too yeah exactly great performances from jason patrick and stephen bauer what Stephen Bauer? It's it to me. I think Stephen Bauer's casting is kind of funny because he's most well known as Manny from Scarface. He's supposed to be a Colombian, but here he's playing like an Afghan rebel fighter. <laughs> and like while I was watching, I was like, "Yo, is that Manny?" Because he was like severely. He was like, "Listen, listen, man. He was brown skinned Yeah. Um. Um. Uh, to fit like that, he was f- to fit that type of skin color for this role, and he was like covered up in cloth and everything i couldn't tell it was him until i realized it and i don't know how well is the translation that's the translation the dialect with the characters like uh like the the what they're speaking of uh, of their native tongue um i don't know how true it is with steven steven bauer's character um actually let me look up his, his info he might actually be oh it's a, he's an american he's a cuban he's a cuban actor um but i haven't heard any complaints about like how how inadequate his his uh dialect was Mm -hmm. like from what i from what i read the only thing that like they messed up on was um when the when the american actors are discussing like certain like russian techniques or with their tanks and stuff like that Mm -hmm. that's the only thing that's inaccurate well they even used like there's a helicopter it's a french helicopter but they tried to 
tell you know sell it as a soviet helicopter like yeah of course they couldn't get all of the machinery that they needed so they had to use whatever they had yeah yeah um and the thing is like i can't find i really can't find the information of like why this movie didn't like blow the fuck up the only thing i read about it is that there was somebody one of the executives, I guess, at Columbia Pictures was had, like, this whole vision, and he all of a sudden was on his way out. Yeah, David uh, uh, Put- Putnam. David Putnam. 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 Yeah, David Putnam. Yeah, he was the head of studio. Uh, go on. Um, so all of a sudden, he was out, and somebody else was in, and I think during that, that transition, um, somehow it just got lost. Yeah, it got lost in the shuffle. Uh, but, yeah, like... Um, like Nick had said um, in the letter, yeah, the movie only reached like two theaters in the entire United States, and mm-hmm. like I never, I I never heard of this movie whatsoever. I just thought of something. What's that? Secret Movie Club. <gasps> oh, they would totally dig this. Okay. Yes. Okay, I'm gonna. We need to up. tell him. Okay, I'm gonna head, head up that. I'm gonna head up that dude up. Um. Oh, okay. Also. This movie, if you watch this, and if you have seen David Ayer's Fury, you would just straight a lot of the similarities. Like that's where he fucking got Fury from, because mm-hmm. it's like the bondness between uh, the character between the Russian soldiers and the tank, and then how that kind of like starts splitting apart and shit like that. Mm-hmm. That's very similar to Fury. Even like the parts where they're like, um, like the uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like the flow of them like firing fire in the tank like what they have to do how it's like a pattern like a choreography yeah a choreography that's very similar as well like i have to believe david Ayer had seen this movie and was like oh i can do that and he made fear and fear is a really great film too yeah which is one of the reasons why i barely give him a pass now after fucking post the man the fucking that that stupid shia labeouf movie i keep putting <laughs> out of my my mind that, tax collector yeah that piece of shit tax collector movie <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, and here's the thing: the guy who directed this, he what's his name? His name is Kevin. Kevin Reynolds. Kevin Reynolds. If that name sounds familiar, yes, that's the guy who directed Waterworld. Who's considered who can, that film is considered one of the worst movies ever. Um, but he did Robin Hood, uh, Prince of Thieves, which is actually legit. <clears throat> the Comedy of Monte Cristo, Cristo was a really good movie. Sorry. <clears throat> um. What else is he done? Yeah, I mean, it, it's on there. Oh, my God. This was like his second movie. Holy shit. Really? No wonder he was getting some some um, uh, some shit done. Yeah, this was like his second movie. Um, yeah, 1988, uh, Peace of War. But yeah, it's a, it's a great fucking film. Like, I'm just... Um, I, oh, and, and this and this is what I also had found out. I, I was just like, oh, it totally makes sense. Um this is based off of a stage play. Oh. So that's why you get like the, that dramatic that dramatic feel to it, that dramatic acting to it and shit like that. Yeah, because you get a sense like it really could be a play because Yeah, absolutely. It's just people bouncing off of each other like emotionally and with their personalities and if they click or they don't. Mm-hmm. Like the whole time. So yeah, yeah, I really like I I I could see that being a play. It's mm. funny cuz I did try to find a little bit later like if this was based on a true story. Mm. But it doesn't say that in the beginning of the film. No. Um but you could totally see this being something that kind of happens. Oh, like in real life? 
Yeah. Like, I don't think it would go to that extreme, but definitely, like, you know, the situations that they find themselves in sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, yeah, I mean, fucking Nick, if you're listening, thanks, man. Shit, you're right. It's a damn good movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and now we're going to, like, immediately after I knew <laughs> you watched the movie, I was like, we need to tell, like, would Jay, like, want to hear about it? Like, I think Jay will totally... Jay from the Nerdpocalypse. I hit him up on. I did hit him up, and he hasn't responded yet. But he would totally take this because he liked yeah. Fury. Yeah, no, that's why I was like, oh yeah, Secret Movie Club. Like, <laughs> yeah, they would totally dig this too. I gotta, I gotta have that dude Craig and be like, yo, man, you gotta watch this movie. It's yeah, fucking great. Yeah, um, yeah, I loved it. Kel- I'm assuming Kelsey loved it, right? Loved it. Loved it. That's a great piece of uh, cinema. And I'm one of those people that kind of feels like war movies don't have anything new to say. Yeah, but then a couple of the last two movies though I've seen have been great because they've added a huge cinematic scale to it Mm -hmm. that you don't normally get. Mm. Um, so I guess it's like a new take on it. But this one kind of came out of left field. So (laughs) uh, all right, I guess I'm proven wrong. Geriatric cinematic is I Spit on Your Grave. Take off your clothes. I don't like women giving me orders. I spit on your grave. What you are about to see did happen. I spit on your grave. This woman will soon cut, chop, break, and burn five men beyond recognition. And there isn't a jury in this country that will convict her. This, uh, the synopsis is, an aspiring writer is repeatedly gang-raped, humiliated, and left for dead by four men whom she systematically hunts down to seek revenge. Directed and written by Mayor Zarchi. It stars Camille Keaton, Aaron Tabor, um, Richard Pace, Anthony Nichols, and Gunter Gleeman. Okay, so I Spit on Your Grave has a super, super strong cult following. And we're talking about the 1978 version. Yeah, not the, I think there's. 2013. Is there it was, 2013? Was yeah. it a remake? Okay, uh-huh. yeah. Um, so yeah, this has like a strong, like, cult following. Um, this one has definitely been on my list for a while, but the subject matter has kind of maybe like step away from it. Like, oh, maybe I'll get to it when I get to it. I was just never like in a hurry to check it out, you know. Mm-hmm. But I've heard about it, I've read about it, and everything like that. Um, so, I one thing I, <laughs> I'm trying to say if I enjoyed it or if I didn't enjoy it. Honestly, I did enjoy this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I enjoyed it because one, like, uh, 
maybe maybe it was because the version I got was like a 1080p version, but it looks like a legit film from like the 70s. But like but like in a higher quality type film. Okay. Um so I did enjoy this. I and the there is like a 25 minute rape scene. But you when you say that mm-hmm. it is not these men are raping her for a full 25 minutes straight. No, it's like a series of like things that happens in that 25 minutes. Like if like at one point like they get her, they, they kind of like fuck with her, then they do it and then let her go and then rape her again and then let her go and then rape her again. So it is kind of if I mean if you're if you're at the what's the word? If you have like a weak stomach or faint of heart, yeah, you're going to have an issue with it. But after like kind of watching, I was just like, "All right, that's not that wasn't as intense as I thought it would be. I know. That's what I was like. You gave me that warning. You're like, are you sure you want to watch this one? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like, I'm sure it won't be that bad. And internally, I was like, I hope I don't regret this. <laughs> and then I watched it and I was like, this is kind of funny. I was laughing. <laughs> so, okay. So other than that, like, what did you think of this movie? I actually liked it. Okay. All right. All right. Um, there's, It does have some pacing issues, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, well, it, it, it's it's really slow at the beginning, like really, really slow. Yeah, and there are even some parts where, like, even during the rape scene, I feel <laughs> like that is also kind of slow. Mm. I I feel like intentionally the way they they did the rapes that I found funny. Mm. I think it was intentionally bad. Mm, like like yeah. people don't do that in real life the way they were doing that like oh like like the way they were having the way they were i guess the way they were having sex or, or like the way their bodies were moving yeah. it, it was it was kind of funny it like was it was comical yeah and, and i think that i honestly i think they had a, that was on purpose from the director yeah that's he didn't, what i think too he didn't want to make it like too intense i mean they didn't want to make it that people just couldn't watch it yeah the intent like the the rape itself is is enough intensity that you need so but you don't need like hear like skin slapping or street pounding like stuff like that it's the idea of like what's happening it's just like okay that's pretty bad but why is he moving like that yeah <laughs> yeah um so that's what i think is it, like it always um, blows my mind when people have forethought like that mm-hmm. you know like if, if a man is making a movie they're gonna be like yeah let's make sure that she really looks like she's being raped and blah 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 mm-hmm. um and I don't know if this was a guy or a girl, honestly, because it's... The director? Yeah. Oh, it's a guy. Yeah. Um, but I always like it when they have that forethought. Like, you get the idea. Mm. This is bad enough. Like, I don't need to show you mm. all the gory details. Yeah. Um, I really liked that she was a woman who wanted time by herself, mm-hmm. who rented this fucking cabin by the lake. Mm-hmm. So she could go off and write her first novel. Yeah. She very obviously was a capable woman and did not need any man in her life to tell her what she needed or yeah. what she wanted mm. or anything like that. Yeah. The, um, uh, how do you say the director's last name? Zarchi. Zarchi. Yeah. Zarchi really could have played, uh, could have had Camilla Keaton play off like, well, kind of like the whole Ditsy kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But he was just like, no, nah, she just, she, you can like, the fact she she really played the the character like um from the from the beginning you're just like oh this is just like a cool chick who just wants to be left alone and do her work and here comes these fucking assholes these piece of shit men who are just like you were asking for it and kind of shit like that you know which completely takes you on the side of the jennifer hills character of like yeah fucking go kill those guys go do it yeah exactly please go do it (laughs) 
Um, so Camilla Keaton is naked for about Camille. Oh, sorry, Camille. Camille Keaton's about naked. It's naked for about twenty five minutes. You know, for the duration of the scene. Um, all four actors uh, asked to appear naked on film with her to kind of remove any awkwardness or any embarrassment of their own nudity, so they can kind of like just kind of like not you know to not show you know to put her in an uncomfortable situation or anything like that yeah i thought that that's cool mm-hmm. like i read that and then you read it right now and you said they asked to appear naked and i mm-hmm. thought i read that they were asked to mm-hmm. um so it's cool that they asked themselves yeah they even had the thought of like, to be like okay i know you're gonna be naked so like let's all just be naked so we can get it out of the way mm-hmm. and you know also be in solidarity with you yeah I didn't know this, but Camille Keaton is the daughter of famous writer, director, and actor Buster Keaton. You know who Buster Keaton is? No. Buster Keaton was a huge actor, writer, director, producer during like the silent era. Oh. You think of like comedy, like old like old comedy, it's like Buster Keaton. Buster Keaton is like the one who inspired like Jackie Chan to like do his level of his type of uh, kung fu films. Oh. Yeah. yeah I know it was funny because I was like is she related to Michael Keaton, you know? Oh, like, God. Here comes the Kiefer Sutherland, daughter Sutherland story. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. I was like, you know, because the Sutherlands, you know, what I did last week. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I don't have to remind you. Mm. Um, so what did you think? Uh, oh, oh I, I really want to get your opinion. What do you think, at least, of the performance in, in, in this movie? Um... Well, it's kind of weird. I had, there were moments that I enjoyed and other moments where I was like, okay, this is boring. Mm, okay. Um, Camille is like kind of boring. Really? For most of it. And okay. I think it's just because she's not doing much. Mm, yeah. She doesn't emote like. A whole lot. A whole lot. And when mm. she is screaming, she's just screaming. Like, mm. it's not like believable to me mm-hmm. in that sense. Um. And, but then there are times where I'm like, she's such a fucking devil. Like, you know what I mean? Like uh-huh. when those scenes where she's like luring these guys into their death. Yeah. Like, so, um, so I do kind of like think about that, but then the guys to me kind of just make me think of like a group of guys who don't have half a brain cell between any of them mm-hmm. from like a Western Ah, uh, okay. You know, like they're the the lawlessness in the town or something, mm-hmm. but they're not like evil. They're just stupid. Yeah, like the the character, uh, the guy who played the character of Matthew, who is is the handicapped individual. You, I have I had a sense that like he's only like only two points lower in the IQ department from the rest of the people from from the rest of the guys. But like, I kind of liked him though the Matthew? most. Yeah. Because he made, like, out of everyone else, he was really acting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Richard Pace. Yeah, he was, like, legit acting, totally. While mm-hmm. I feel that, uh, what's his name, Aaron uh, Tabor, he, he like, tried so hard to be, like, an asshole, but uh-huh. I was just like, dude, you're not really selling it. You're just kind of sad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Yeah, that's the same thing. I was like, Matthew is, like definitely like mm. acting his facial expressions the way he moves and everything is just kind of like mm. he's scared all the time he doesn't know what to think yeah and these other guys are just like 
all right this is what <laughs> you could tell they're acting like how they think like that type of man acts yeah yeah um i did enjoy camille camille keen's performance um i will agree that in the beginning um it was kind of her acting wasn't that great but when she like picked herself up picked herself up after the rape and everything mm-hmm. i was like i really enjoyed it. like that part where she lured matthew she was like come on matthew like we're friends what are you talking about yeah you know, that i was just like damn that's some good acting. that's for me that's where it really picked up yeah, yeah 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 and even i even enjoyed that part where um she was in the bathroom where the jennifer character was in the in the tub with johnny uh-huh and when she was just like talking to him and then she's like uh johnny's just like yeah they matthew disappeared we don't nobody knows where he's at she's like well i killed him and not like in a cycle, like, well, I killed him, huh? but in a very, like, sweet and loving kind of way. Like, well, you know, I, I killed him. You know, I hung him. You know, can you believe he actually came? Wow, he actually came. Like, a gen- <laughs> like such a genuine, like, performance. And I, that's what I was just like, this woman is good at this shit. Uh-huh. Um, of course, she cut his dick off. I was like, yes. <laughs> Thank you. And all that fucking blood. Oh, my God. There was... So much blood. So much blood. <laughs> of course, you know that's what we like the most. Yeah, so much blood. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, here, here, I'll ask you this. Okay, whose death did you enjoy the most? It was probably his in the bathtub. Johnny? Mm-hmm. I, Johnny is like second, but I love Stanley's death. That's the dude at the end where she's like, where she says that big, she says that line. Uh-huh. At the end, and turns on the fucking the uh, the motor. Uh-huh. Oh, I, I enjoyed his death so much. I was like, Did you yes. only like it because of what she says, or no. do you think it's satisfying to like run a boat motor through somebody? Satisfying to run a boat motor somebody. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I love the fact that guy that giant got his dick cut off, but just like the the my only gripe is like I wish it was a little bit more gorier. Like I wish it was just like blah, just blood just all over the fucking place. You know, just yeah. like nonstop. Well, he was in the water. I don't care. More blood. <laughs> and the boy that was craving a new nightmare, more blood. Mm. <laughs> no, I definitely like... The reason why I like the bathtub one more is mm. because it didn't stop there. Oh, yeah. He was like screaming. He, and yeah. And she just came downstairs and she was like in her robe and she's just like, I'm going to put some music on. <laughs> He's up there bleeding to death. She's like, yeah, you bleed to death. I'm going to enjoy myself down here while Shit. you fucking die. I even love it, like, how she got out of the tub. Like, just, na-na-na-na-na, put on my, my robe. Well, you can tell she's, the- like, a little rushed. Because she's mm. like, I need to, before he, the shock wears away, Yeah, I need to get out of here. Mm. But, like, it wasn't, like, super, super rushed. Like, she, you felt like she still had her cool. She just wanted to get out of there. Yeah, yeah. Um, is there anything... Anything of the stage direct, uh, stage direct, uh, of the direction that you might have enjoyed? Of the direction? Yeah. I felt like the direction was pretty weak. Um, yeah. But, like, there was nothing to really enjoy about it, I don't think. Except, yeah, was, you know what, this, um, there was a point you brought up about the carpet. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So, there's, um, there's an inter- like, like how Promising Young Woman used, the, no spoiler here. Um, how probably women use like a lot of pink. Mm-hmm. Uh, I spend on your grave uses a lot of red. Yeah. Um, there's a particular part where uh, Jennifer is like crawling on the floor. She's trying to reach the phone to like call for help, and like the red in the carpet really like pops out. You like know? it almost makes me think of Mandy in a way. 
Yeah, I can, I can, de- I can definitely see that. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I take it as maybe with symbolizing how she's like crawling through blood for like help because she's been violated so badly and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. She all like it feels like. Or you imagine like hell is red. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe the, it's like the burning rage that's like building inside her and stuff like that. Yeah. Um. So, do you think? Is there anything else you want to? I feel like we kind of really covered a lot in this mo- on this movie in a short time. Yeah, I think we did too. I mean, it's you know a revenge story, mm. and um, it's pretty good. No, I'm not going to say that it really holds up. Mm-hmm. Um, and I could see why they would want to make a remake of it, mm. but definitely. You know, I don't think that one from 2013 did very well, did it? Yeah. So there are, uh, there is, I saw four official, I, I saw four unofficial, but I think it's only three unofficial sequels. There's a remake and there's, there's the remake, which is I Spit on Your Grave, and then two and three. And this one has an official sequel, which is called I Spit on Your Grave Deja Vu. Oh. Where the director and the actress, Camille Keaton, shows up again. And in the sequel, uh, she comes back as Jennifer and she has a daughter and she's she's been she's a a successful writer because of the book that she made based off the events. And it's about how those events kind of like follow her and her daughter. And it's kind of like it's essentially like deja vu. It kind of like happens all over again. Mm. It's like a repeat. Um, I think from my understanding, um, it's not that it's not that great. Like review wise, I think it's like twenty four percent on Rotten Tomato. Oh. Um, however, just like in I Spin in a Grave in nineteen seventy eight, and then with this, the sequel Deja Vu, um, a lot of critics they praised uh, Camille Keaton's performance. Yeah, as Jennifer, I guess you know they were just like, yeah, she's still great at this role. Um, she this film got a lot of backlash because of the topic, because of the gang rape and everything like that. Um, but she. She, like, stood behind the controversy. She was just, like, no, like, she, because she believed this movie was about, like, feminism. Mm-hmm. You know, and a lot of a lot of uh, people who analyze this movie, they, they see it as about feminism. Yeah. Which I can, I can totally Me see Me too. That. Yeah, I can totally see that. I mean, a woman's, like, they try to take something away from her, and she's, like, no, nah, fuck it, I'm taking it back. Yeah. Um, fuck, she even uses, like, the power of seduction. <laughs> and just, like, to fucking kill these men. Exactly. Um, and I like it too, cause most people would be like, oh, it's not believable that they would follow her after, you know, they tried mm-hmm. killing her and all this shit. <sighs> like they wouldn't believe her. Yes, they would. They, <laughs> they have the opportunity to get their dick wet. So <laughs> seriously, <laughs> of course they would do anything for that. Yeah. Oh, like that where, where Jennifer like shows up and at Johnny's gas station uh-huh. and he clearly recognizes her. And he gets in the car with her, like, oh, she must still want it. Like, dude, yo, men are trash. Like, they were trash and stupid at the same time. Like, dude, she's <sighs> like, you said you didn't want it, but I showed you. Now you really do want I it. I know. This, that, that whole mentality of like, like, it, <sighs> <laughs> that whole mentality of men, like, um, you know, I gave her what she what she needed. Now she wants it all the time. You know, like yeah. how this I, no lie. This kind of reminds me of um, not like the rape scene, but like that that train of thought reminds me of um, Goldfinger, James uh-huh. Bond film. There's a character in the movie who's called her name is Pussy Galore, 
Uh-huh. And she's clearly a lesbian. Uh-huh. Clearly a lesbian in the movie, right? So what does James Bond do? He forces himself on her. And of course, after the sex, she's like, oh, I needed that. I, didn't, I never experienced a man, <laughs> so I love man now. Like, it's like that stupid like bullshit mentality yeah. that like they, they use in this movie and like turn it on its head. Like, yeah, you think that, well, you're wrong. Yeah. <laughs> um, so do you want to hear where the idea from this movie came from? Yes. So uh, Zarchi had said that um, the movie that, this movie was inspired uh, by him when he helped a woman who had actually been raped. Um, yeah, let me see. He said, he said a friend and his daughter were driving by a park when they saw a young woman crawl bloody and naked out of the bushes. They picked up the girl, took this daughter, took his daughter back home, and he talked and talked with the friend about whether they should take her to the hospital or police. They decided to take her to the police first. The officer, who uh, Zarchi described as not fit to wear the uniform, insisted she answers questions about her assailant before she went to the hospital. This is a practice that still fucking happens to this day. Um, even though her jaw was broken and she could barely talk. Finally, Sarchi insisted to the officer that they take her to the hospital right away. He later found out the girl was attacked while taking a common shortcut to meet her boyfriend. Mm. Just like shit like that. You know, like the Jennifer character would mind her own damn business. Just relaxing. Mm-hmm. And here comes some trash ass man like, we're going to help our friend Matthew lose his virginity. That shit is so fucking wrong. Yeah. And clearly this kid was like, I can't, I can't. I couldn't finish? Yeah, like you're watching me, I can't. Yeah, that part is so, it's not like, I can't, this is wrong. It's more like, you're watching me, I can't finish. This is, ugh. (laughs) He didn't want to in the first place, but they finally, after he'd already Mm -hmm. seen like one or two of them do it, he was, his mind, you know, like, it's like the power of suggestion. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. Um, he sure clearly didn't try to fight him to be like, hey, guys, don't do this. <laughs> he was just like, I can't do this. It's weird. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I also want to say, I feel like we should state this. Uh, Kelsey and I, we do not look at this subject lightly, like a sexual assault or anything like that. Yeah. Uh, in real life, we actually kind of have our own history with stuff like that, that we won't really divulge, but we understand like the struggles with, and how I can fuck up an individual. Yeah. So like, while we we're like making light of the movie, we're no way making light of the situation. No, definitely. Yeah. Um, so you said it, do- it doesn't, it doesn't hold up today. No, it doesn't really. Mm. Um, so I don't, I, I don't think it, I, I don't think it holds up today as well. Like today's standards, but I think it is something that should be seen, um, for the message of it, not for like the, the violence of it before the message that's actually within the film. But is there something that you would get from this film that you wouldn't get from promising young woman? That is true. That is absolutely true. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, you can get the same message from promising young woman. I think I always think like when it's a movie that has like a cult classic status, especially like this, especially like this, that was, had so much controversy. I think if it's one of those films that like, I have to watch this to see why there was controversy. So I can formulate my own opinion as opposed to like, I'm just never going to watch that. Yeah, but you, it's just you have to think about the time that it came mm, out yeah. and like the controversy was nobody wants to see that. Yeah. But nowadays you could counter controversy that if you want to say mm. and say, okay, well, you don't want to watch it and that's why it has to be seen because mm, yeah. um, you're not understanding what's going on. Gotcha. Um, 
Is there anything else? No. <laughs> there. No. Uh, okay, so that's going to be it for our show for this week. Uh, we want to thank you all for joining us. Um, you can catch this episode and all our past episodes on all podcast catchers, uh, Podbean, Spotify, Apple, you know, all the stuff I've been saying before. Blah, 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 blah. Um, next week's show, uh, I'm actually looking forward to I'm really looking forward to next week's show. Mm. Um, our recent review is going to be The Little Things, which is premiering on HBO Max January 29th. This is the Denzel Washington, uh, Jared Little-led film. Uh, what's his name? Rami Malek's in it. Yes. So I'm really, I'm really looking forward to. to I saw a meme with him recently. It made me laugh. What was the meme? Can you describe it? I can. It was Rami Malek as um, his character from Mr. Robot, Uh and it's him wearing a hoodie, and then it's got like a neon lettering under him, Mm. Hacker Man, (laughs) and it's someone said me after guessing my own password <laughs> forgetting it <laughs> i've seen i've seen something similar to that yeah that shit's still funny <laughs> um so yeah that's gonna be a recent review we're gonna do the little things or we're gonna review the little things um with that we're gonna do our geriatric cinematic which is 1995's seven uh the david fincher film uh that is streaming on hbo max or is available to rent on amazon youtube google play and Apple TV and other streaming services as well, or sorry, uh, VOD services. Um, can't wait to show you that movie because this David at the time David Fincher was known for uh, music videos mm-hmm. and Alien Three. <laughs> okay, this is the movie that put him on the fucking map. And gotcha. it's oh, it's it's good. This actually this movie and um, he had a little bit of an uphill battle there. David Fincher, yeah. How do you mean? Because Alien 3 was the one that people didn't like. Yeah, and that's not his fault. I think, like, um, whatever, I can't remember, whatever studio, it might have been Dimension, whatever studio kind of came up to Fincher was like, what do you want to do? He was like, I want to do seven. (laughs) (laughs) I want to do this fucked up movie. Um, So, yeah, and it's, it has, (laughs) it has one of the greatest, not one of the greatest, but one of the most memorable scenes in this. In, in film history, mm-hmm. which is essentially what is in the box. Can we do iconic or ironic on it? Yeah. So we're going to, so uh, we'll, we'll, I'll just go ahead and tell the listeners now. We're going to do a segment next week where we're going to. Well, I don't think it's going to be a segment, but we'll we'll ask a oh, question a po- in, yeah. in the review. Yeah, a portion in the review where it's going to be where we find out if a particular scene in the movie is either iconic or ironic. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I know you were like, we can't do that this week because like. I don't think we want to do that on rape scene. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we were gonna. Uh, yeah, we were gonna start it like this for this episode, but then we were like, "Oh, we're doing." I spit on your inspired black. by JFK. <laughs> Seriously, back to the left. Back to the left. <laughs> um, so yeah, tune in for that episode as we pick apart uh, seven and see if it still holds up. Oh, I can't wait to watch that movie with you. It's mm. so good. It's so good. <laughs> um, so the topic of that episode will be killing it. Or just killing. <laughs> Kelsey came up with that one. I like that one. Um, so, yeah, we're going to bid you folks adieu. Um, wash your hands. Wear your damn mask. I mean, the president mandated it. So, yeah. The, the, actual, the actual president. The, yeah, an actual leader. Not the anti president. Yeah. Um, so, come on, we can beat this virus. You know, earlier we mentioned all these movies getting pushed back, and we don't want them to get pushed back any further. Something yeah. we really want to see. 
Exactly. <laughs> make make mask make mask wearing go viral. Why did you do that? <laughs> well, you know, I had to. I'm also, I said, make mask wearing. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, but um, before we leave, I'm going to leave you guys off with a nice little story. Um, so, in grade school, you know, I was, I was a bad kid. I did some bad stuff and everything. I hung out with the wrong crowd and everything. Um, but there was one particular time in my life, I think it was fourth grade. I'll say it was fourth grade, where a buddy of mine were hanging out in the playground, whatever. He was like, hey, man, let me show you something. I'm like, uh uh-uh. All right. So we go off in the bathroom. No, he didn't show me that. We go off to the bathroom and he shows me an M80. If uh, you folks don't know, an M80 is like basically a very small uh, firework that's almost like a TNT dynamite. <laughs> um, so he was like, hey, so he showed me it. He pulled out a lighter and he lit it and he threw it in the toilet. And we're like, shit. So he took off. He just hear. You hear something like it shattered. It was something the toilet blew up, right? But we we both got caught. We we both got caught, and they uh, the principal kept us separate. Uh, had called him in first, asked some questions, whatever, whatever. And he was walking out, and the principal like walked out and looked at me, and he was like, "Mark, you are in big trouble." And I was like. And I, it dawned on me, like, holy shit, this dude just ratted me out. And I'm not the one who lit the fucking fuse. Uh-huh. And I looked at him as he's walking away. He must have just saw I spit on your grave. Because he straight up said, suck it, bitch. <laughs> <laughs>